and welcome to the seventh episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the cup to my coffee, Brandon Gross. Whoa, how did you guess, how did you come up with that? Like, was did you have coffee in a mug in front of you? I'm I'm big brain, we're definitely not recording in the morning, and I'm chugging coffee to, to, to pay attention. No, Brandon, I'm sorry, sometimes genius just strikes. Wow, you know, at the mo- we're at the morning zoo hour right here, 8.40 a.m. <laughs> my time, 11, actually no, I guess it's it's the afternoon, it's the midday shift for you midday shift for me you're gonna i'm gonna turn you into a wacky uh like uh the third banana on a radio station you're gonna chug like four bottles of ketchup at the at the top of the hour it's me the fuzz in the morning (laughs) (laughs) you gotta break another world record brandon how many bananas can you put under your armpits in one minute Uh, my dad told me that because like we established my dad has uh he he is a morning man and uh in his blood and he's run many radio stations and he's been on the air for many years still is and he told me one thing that he did was for, like, Eric Clapton tickets, they had someone, they were at, like, a gas station doing, like, a radio promotional event, and mm-hmm. they had someone, like, uh, take a straw and, like, sip up oil that was on the ground. Oh, nasty. Hey, he saw Clapton, though, man. Slow yeah, hand hey, himself. It was worth it. Yeah. Um, I, I will admit to something on the podcast. My first, the first like career I had in mind was to be that guy on a morning show. I wanted to be like the wacky third banana and is the reason why I applied to the school of communications at Florida state. Wow. I didn't know that. This is news to me. So you wanted, I know. did you have a name? Did you want to be like the fuzz? No name, no name, no, the fuzz man, if it's available. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did want to get into like morning radio broadcasting, or I guess I could have done a host position. I, I don't think I would have been too upset about that. But like, I grew up loving the local wacky, cringy radio of like pop morning radio station, uh, and was just like, I want to, I want to do this. But never scratched that itch. Never got that opportunity. Instead, did news broadcasting <laughs> for WVFS, and now a baseball podcast. You so. tried. I, I feel like you tried doing different characters. You're like in the news, President Bush. <laughs> 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 yeah uh and then i i did have a, i don't know if you know this also i'm gonna keep dropping facts my first podcast was uh in like 2008 2009 area wow uh, trendsetting my friend i know it was be- i think the only things i was listening to at that time was like a halo universe podcast mm-hmm. and a harry potter podcast which tells you a lot about me right up right up the <laughs> get-go um and i started doing a podcast with my friend charlie and we would bring on our fellow high school students to talk about what was going on in our social lives or like news i don't know i'm sh- if i could get a hold of the audio i've looked desperately for it and can't find it but it's got to be just the funniest most disorganized uh immature banter that there's ever, <laughs> ever been did you see the hangover three <laughs> whoa <laughs> they got they got lost again <laughs> you can't believe it um your week's been good though brandon it has not been too bad you know i'm working this new job i got they send a lot of emails so much so, so that when i check sunday night prior to the work week i shut it off friday the prior friday evening 750 emails over that weekend are you joking? Swear to God. Dude. And this morning I have 300, so I'll check that after uh, this. How? Who is email? Are you just like CC'd on a bunch of stuff? Like, they, So they CC everyone. Emails? They want they want uh, transparency on everything. So, But also a lot of it is like they have a lot of programs, so it's like generating. Oh, oh God, okay. it's so boring. I can't even talk about this. Anyway, <laughs> I think I might have carpal tunnel from clicking delete on the emails. We love that. We love that. Just get a, yeah. Wait, is it covered by insurance? 
You know what? I'm going to send a, a strongly worded email to HR right now and find out. Just to let you know, all of the injuries that I've acquired while on the job, including and not limited to carpal tunnel. <laughs> Just to let you know, it's me, the fuzz. <laughs> I, Brandon, also, I got great news. I, obviously, you and I already talked about this. I heard I, about this. Congratulations. I got, I got offered my job. Yay! I'm back on the workforce, baby. Woo! I'm going to be. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Manhattan's best paralegal. Uh, a job that I'm actually genuinely excited to work. Uh, I know I was roasting the phone company that almost hired me. Uh, I think on our first episode, mm-hmm. uh, the like the niche like portable charging phone company that ghosted me. Um, but no, this seems like a great job to assist people keeping uh, keeping good people out of bad jails. So I'm excited. Congratulations! What uh, I'm very happy for you. That's incredible. We can no thank longer you, do you. a morning podcast. So this is a one and done thing because <laughs> you're going to start working. Uh, is it? I'm are you working job. at Salino and Barnes or Morgan and Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm working at uh, Woodruff and Burns. <laughs> is that real? No, 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 oh, okay. no. That's a. What's that from? A, just starting pitchers. The brewer, the oh starting my god! You're right. Yeah. God, this this is this is shows bad on me. Our podcast is rotting our brain. Also, that's just a joke I lifted from another podcast, so I can't even take credit for that. Oh. Brandon, we're we're uh, we're phonies here, but these two phonies got a lot to discuss today. How's that for a transition? That was smooth, baby. Pretty good. The fuzz so likes. we're gonna talk about the fuzz. The fuzz likes that. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about what was happening in Nationals world. What's going on in Washington D.C. That insane Phillies Brave series. Our usual topics of DeGrom of the Week, 60-second stories, feast or famine, and upcoming series. But, Brandon, it seems like this always happens. There's some wild stuff happening in New York City, and it ain't to the Yankees. It's to the New York Mets. And if you're not familiar what happened over this weekend, it seemed that there was a little scuffle between uh, Francisco Lindor and Peter Pettigrew himself, Jeff McNeil. Um, and uh, it caused there to be some sort of altercation that uh, Conforto and I think Dominic Smith had to step in. Is that right? Yeah, I think VR as well. Uh, yeah, weird, weird shit. I think what was the weirdest thing about it? So uh, McNeil and Lindor have, like, had some trouble communicating, it seems like, um, especially with balls up the middle. And I think the shift doesn't help, obviously, the weird positioning. But there's been a few times where the balls have fallen in between them, where they've had to call each other off, and they're, like, right next to each other. They're both very aggressive uh, defensively, so I think that's why. So I think they're still trying to communicate. Not a big deal. Uh, I mean, there's been a couple of big errors, but but nothing nothing too serious at this point, and something and nothing that they can't fix. But it looked like in between, I think a couple of innings after they miscommunicated in the field, um, in between innings, Conforto and Dom Smith were running into the clubhouse or to the dugout, and it, and uh, what the SNY, what the Mets television coverage caught, was them sort of like peering and then rushing down the tunnel. And, and uh, you can't see anything in the tunnel. I think that's the, they probably do that on purpose for privacy reasons. And what was weird to me was it seemed like everyone automatically assumed that there was a fight. Like, immediately they were like, Lindor yeah. and McNeil fighting. I was like, how'd you guys know that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, like, I guess if you watch the video, we'll link the video in the podcast description. But if you watch the video, it really seems like there's no other explanation for like the the speed in which Conforto specifically just like sprints to the to the dugout and like hauls com- like completely hauls ass there uh which I like what else could I mean also to be clear the weirdest part about this story is that Lindor then went on in media availability post game and claimed that they were that McNeil was trying to show him a rat or a raccoon I don't know here's what here's what Lindor had to say Hey Francisco um what exactly happened in the uh, in the tunnel there 
<laughs> Steve, it was, it was funny because I told him, I was like, hey, I'd never seen a New York rat. So we went down sprinting. I want to go see a New York rat. And he got mad at me. He's like, no, it's not a rat. It's a raccoon. I'm like, hell no, man. It's a damn rat. It's a New York rat, man. I was just crazy because we were going back and forth debating if it was a rat or a raccoon. <laughs> crazy, man. Insane. So, I mean, Brandon, after you listen to that, uh, you're more confused than you were before <laughs> there is an explanation. You know, call me gullible, call me stupid, but I was like, could have been a rat. I don't know if people, <laughs> for some reason, like a couple of years ago, there was a raccoon, I think, in Boston when Mets 2018, I think. They were in Boston, there was a raccoon in the clubhouse, and that became like okay. a rallying cry. It didn't work. I mean, the Mets were still terrible that year, but like <laughs> that became like a rallying cry, and people had like, cesp- they had like cartoons of like Cespedes with like a raccoon on his shoulder. Okay. So it's like, it's not not plausible for there'd be a rat or a raccoon in a clubhouse, I think. So I was like, it's possible. I mean, they're, I guess they were like, why would they react that, you know, all the sports uh, uh, analysts were like, why would they react that way? If there was a rat or a raccoon, I was like, they could, I would be kind of excited, yeah. especially if it was as big as they said it was. So maybe it's my childhood imagination, but yeah, I thought to say like, I've, I've lived in New York now for two years and I uh, have seen my fair share of rats um, and I don't think I've ever seen a rat where I'm like, is that a rat or a raccoon? They're, I, th- they're I so think maybe distinguishable. That's, that's probably what gave it away that there was a fight that they're like, those two animals look nothing alike. <laughs> also, we're just not talking about how weird of a, of a, of like a response to the question that was for Lindor. Like Lindor has never sounded like he's lied more in his life. Like if that was your, if that was your husband and they came back and were like, babe, oh my God, I wasn't cheating on you. You are not going to believe this. It's crazy. And like came with that same energy. You, you would immediately suspect them and know that they were lying. Yeah. I think what's weird is also, it seemed like that they planned it ahead of time. And there was actually footage of them before ninth inning at bat of Lindor talking to McNeil. And the speculation was that he was like, Hey, when the media asked us about this, he was like, say it's a rat, <laughs> which, rat which also raccoon. I was wondering, cause the connotation of a rat makes it sound like, like we got a rat, you know what I mean? It sounds like Sopranos, oh, like, like there's like a rat. Style, so I wonder yeah. if they, if they were like winking and nods, like, Oh, someone leaked this, that there was a fight, but I don't oh, know how someone could leak it mid game. It was just crazy to me how quick, unless it you know, someone was like near the dugout and they texted someone. Like, it's crazy to me how it was immediately assumed before the game was even over. And it wasn't speculated once Lindor had that weird comment. It was speculated yeah. before on Twitter. People were losing their minds. People were immediately. And I think that uh, I forget who was saying it, but it uh, the media ran with the story more because of how upset they were that they didn't get the truth about it from Lindor. Like, assuming that it really wasn't a rat or a raccoon, um, that they were just like repeatedly telling the story. And it's. And I think the weirdest part for me, or like maybe not the weirdest part, it's very on brand, frankly, but the most frustrating part for you, I imagine, has to be that it's like distracting from the good baseball that the Mets have actually been playing for the last seven days. Yeah. Here's the thing. I thought during the Wilpon era Mets that it was just them and their mishandling of the media. But I think at this point you can really point blame at the New York media. And that sounds very like Trumpian to be like the media, you know, (laughs) and that's not what I'm trying to say, but it's like they're kind of embarrassing because you know, I saw there was uh, a guy on SNY on the Mets network was like, this is embarrassing. And then Mark DeRosa on MLB network was like, he was like, love Lindor. He was like, but that was embarrassing. It's like, why is it embarrassing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think to a certain point, it's like, we don't need to know everything that goes on in a clubhouse. And yeah, it's, I agree. it seems like the general assumption is that like teammates can get into arguments. They can spat. They're very passionate about baseball and they're fine now. So 
we like hearing about it. We like the drama, of course, of it. But it's like, they don't want to talk about it. I think it's fine. Or just let them have the fun story. People, The fans like it. The fans are, like, embracing it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, how talk much about. longer until they're giving out, like, a free raccoon bobblehead at a, at a Mets game? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, I think something that uh, that you brought up that I kind of want to touch on a little bit, too, is that the media members are upset that they're not in the clubhouse. And it plays into this idea that everybody and uh, maybe we could be included in this that is in sports media would uh, would rather be an athlete than be talking about the athletes. And there's like some sort of camaraderie and some sort of like uh, 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 like inside information that they're missing out, literally inside baseball information that they're missing out on. And it gets they get more upset when they're the. when they're not allowed in on the, on all like the the hot gossip that actually happens inside a clubhouse. Wow, you're getting into the psychology of it, huh? You're you're getting Freudian <laughs> on them. You're getting uh, uh, this ain't uh, the Mel- buzz, Brandon. <laughs> all right, this is <laughs> this is some real. Listen, uh, every once in a while, you and I need to have like some sort of credible conversation, and I thought I might steer it that way for ten seconds. <laughs> it's Doctor Fuzz to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Doctor Fuzz to you, buddy. Um, <laughs> But really, though, I mean, you guys uh, swept the Diamondbacks after splitting a series with the with the Cardinals, who've been absolutely on fire. Like the Mets are playing good baseball right now, and it's got to be frustrating as a Mets fan to to have that not be the major media story. Yeah, I mean, in that game, Lindor had his first big hit as as a Met. He had his first two run home run, two run right? homer to tie the game. I think in the eighth, and the Mets ended up winning that game. But I mean, it was a total distraction to it. Also, but I mean, that's that's just what happens. I, I think, and I think that's the thing. It's like, like I said, Mets fans expected it to kind of go away during the Steve Cohen era, but it's not going to, it's just Mm -hmm. the reality of it. And the Mets are going to have sideshow issues regardless of how good the team is. Uh, But yeah, exciting series. Nonetheless. I mean, uh, all tight games, the Mets offense still hasn't totally clicked. I mean, Lindor's improved. uh, But uh, I saw you wrote in our rundown here that, uh, last seven days, he's hitting two thirty one, <laughs> like turning it around. I'm like, like, not really. I know. I, I know. I was like, I want to try to. I almost wanted to create a narrative that we could talk about how Lindor is turning it around. And then I looked on MLB.com at his last seven days, and I was like, he's batting two thirty one. And I was like, OPS of seven forty nine. That's not bad. That's nothing. Yeah, it's just it's not good. I mean, like he's definitely uh, you know barreling the ball a little more, and you see yes. it going a little bit further because before he was just grounding out or, or whiffing, but. uh I think he'll come around. I, you know, there is also a narrative that it's like, oh, when you come to New York, you're always going to struggle your first year, like Piazza yeah. and Beltron. But if you look at their stats, I don't have them on hand, but if you look at their stats compared to Lindor, it's like Lindor's really been struggling. So It's just also it's also early, and I do think that there's some sort of hangover from last season where we're so quick to react about – and this is maybe just sports in general, but we're so quick to react – to somebody's performance especially coming off of like the trained behavior of last season when it was like oh 30 games in we're halfway through the season it's so easy to forget that we have months of baseball left to be played too train behavior we're getting into psychology again <laughs> uh yeah brandon i took one class of psychology in uh my freshman year at florida state university <laughs> so i kind of know what i'm talking about this guy um, gets one paralegal job and he just thinks he can <laughs> yeah they're synonymous i want to also talk about he's getting on base though lindor is like uh, is getting on base, had three walks in the Cardinals game, had another walk in, I think, the first game against the Cardinals. Like, that's the thing that, for me personally, and maybe not a, a, a large-scale uh, in, indication, but I like like that it shows that you're calm and you're confident at the plate. Even if you're not getting the luck of the balls falling in uh, in the gap or they're getting those singles that you want, um, 
that there is a there's good plate discipline there's good approach like they seem to be uh they seem to not be getting too in their heads you look at somebody like not to i know marlins aren't even supposed to be on the rundown today but you look at somebody like garrett cooper who's not getting on base at all and just swinging at balls when they're already in the catcher's mitt like all of the stuff you don't like seeing and he did have a two-hit game yesterday against the diamondbacks but um that's that's something to be concerned about obviously lindor and cooper are two entirely different players um, I'd give Garrett you, Cooper thirty million, thirty-four million a 30 year. Million. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees are no longer sweating trading <laughs> Gary Cooper, it seems. Um, but as somebody who did just give uh, Lindor so much money, um, uh, the literal day before the season started, it this has to be a good sign. I also think it's so funny that Lindor is so easily able to laugh about it because he hit a two-run home run, and then they cut to Jeff McNeil, and he's just like, "Yeah, he's very clearly kind of going along for the ride. He's not, he's not feigning happiness or feigning laughter like uh, like Lindor was." Not to get more into psychology, but we spoke about this a little before the pod. But how easy it was for Lindor to just come up with that story was not sociopathic because like we said, it's like, it looked like he was lying, but it's like, it seemed like he came up with that real easy and he fooled dummies like me. And McNeil was like, sure that happened. And then like, everyone's yeah. like rat or wreck. Oh, the whole team was like, sure. I don't know if it was a rat or a raccoon. It was so weird. And also just like uh Lindor, uh, too jovial selling it too much just being like i'll come bring i'll give jeff a kiss on the cheek right now and like somewhere jeff is just fuming and like flexing all of his muscles biting his tongue <laughs> there was actually a rumor that he had a mcneil had a black eye it's like no i think no mcneil's way. just 32 and has a, has bags <laughs> under his eyes and, and has tired. sunken eyes <laughs> yeah. this is me now we're just bullying jeff mcneil <laughs> um what was i gonna say uh but yeah, so overall though, what's the what's the general feeling in uh in, in Mets Mets land right now? How are the how are the fans? I think enough already. It's like everyone chill out about this. They're fine. They'll be okay. They'll learn to communicate more. I think we just want to let's keep the, the good juju going. Let's win. We uh, Mets have a two game series against the Orioles. Let's sweep that series. Matt Harvey's coming back to City Field, which is going to be very exciting. There's some exciting baseball coming up uh, in Mets land. So let's put it behind us. I know there'll be something new to. So the next day, I'm sure, like, Dominic Smith will find a parakeet in his shoe or something, <laughs> something crazy. So, um, yeah, it's it's inevitable with the bets. I, I, it's gotten to the point in the season, too, where, like, even when I'm not preparing for the podcast, I'm looking at the other division rivals' uh, upcoming schedules being like, all right, who can lose five games next week? And, and, and maybe the Marlins can win a couple games. We can dig ourselves <laughs> out of this hole. And it's like looking at the the upcoming games for the the Mets. It's very hard for me to imagine that you guys – I mean, the Rays series will be a little tough, but those, that Orioles team, I mean, barring uh, – or excusing the John Means no-hitter, which is always good yeah, to see. Yeah, they're, they're facing um, him tomorrow or today, actually. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, we already opened up with this, but this information is as of Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um before any baseball's been played. Not to this isn't an AL feast podcast, Brandon, but did you see that Cedric Mullins play yesterday? The triple that was turned into like a yeah. single turn triple. He's an what incredible is, base runner, that guy. So exciting to watch. I was it was uh like nine thirty, it was like ten minutes before the Marlins game started, so I just t- uh, turned on the, the Red Sox Orioles game because it was the closest game at the time and just happened to catch that live. Um oh, and no I know way. you're not a big MLB the show player, but they did release like a special uh monthly version card of Cedric Mullins, and that was the first time I had really heard of him. And then the first thing he did is like sprint to third base with smart base running and speed. It was really cool to see. I heard all you can do in MLB the show with Cedric Mullins is he just has to do that play. <laughs> no matter what the situation is, it's only totally like Xander Bogart's it. yeah, but <laughs> knocking <laughs> it falls away. Um Brandon 
I'm glad that the Mets are feeling good. I'm glad that a lot of the teams in the NL East are feeling good. That might not be the case for the Marlins right now, but uh, the only other team that's kind of got to be scratching their heads at the end of this week is the uh, the Washington Nationals. Oh, the Nats, baby. I know they, they were looking pretty good for a little bit, and they sort of uh, they went to the buzzsaw. I think the Yankees could beat them up a little bit, right? And yeah, then, the Yankees, Yankees uh, kind of kicked the kicked the piss out of them. <laughs> Sorry, I went back into the piss. Uh, kicked the piss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that going to be our new show? Uh, the piss and the fuzz <laughs> coming to you at six thirty in the morning on one zero three one. The buzz. <laughs> Ooh, the buzz is on the buzz. <laughs> the buzz is on the buzz. I really did just name the alt radio station that was in West Palm Beach. Dude, in, like, all, the every alternative radio station is called the buzz i think universally i think they're called that the buzz i think that's like yeah that's the 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 only way that you can get past the i almost said the fda what is the (laughs) oh the uh broadcasting company yeah fcc yes yeah yeah yeah. not the sec what is this a college nick saban's looking good (laughs) nick saban what's going on in alabama but we did have a great Scherzer performance coming off of a great Scherzer performance against uh, against the Marlins last week. As a as a Nats fan, you got to be excited. He had 14 strikeouts while facing only 25 Yankees players. Brandon, what's that math at the top of your head? Well, how, how many? What percentage of strikeouts? Oh is that? God, dude, uh, we're a math pod. We're on, a math pod. 14 that, divided by 25. That is uh, 66. 66. All right, let me go to the calculator. It is dun dun dun. dun. 0.56. Brandon, we'll round up and call that a I said win. I said five six. You didn't hear me? You said five six? No, oh. I said six six. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> no lies, Brandon. No okay. lies. Um uh, Brad Hand turned back into Edwin Diaz, Brandon. You hate to see it. How dare you slander Edwin Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> you kn- I even wrote it on the rundown. I was like, I gotta get in a shot. The Mets are playing too good right now. They're in first place. I can't let Brandon enjoy nice things. None of my Mets friends friends can enjoy nice things. Um, yeah, Brad Hand has blown two uh, two saves here and blew the save on what was that Saturday against the Yankees? He, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and also, it was like it it wasn't even. He was in, wasn't getting clobbered. It seemed like they were all like bloop singles, broken bat singles, like a bunch of uh of bad luck uh, hits that went up against Brad Hand. He's still having a good ga- uh, a good season though. I checked on him statistically when I was preparing for this. He's like somewhere in the mid twos with ERA and has a one point six four WHIP, which is a little high for um for a closer. You don't really like seeing two people almost get closers are so but... are so finicky that it's like hard. They have such a small sample size. I've come to realize that it's like there are few elite closers you know what i mean like yeah there's gagne and like oh two there's mariano rivera and then it's kenley jansen and kenley like jansen 20. like trevor hoffman yeah. was like always good but it's like he just was around for a while so he accumulated a lot of saves but he blew plenty of saves i don't have the numbers in front of me i'm just speaking out my ass it's here. like statistically he's blown plenty of saves <laughs> plenty. don't ask me to quantify it plenty of saves <laughs> plenty god and uh I, what's your favorite number brandon plenty plenty <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's the what's that candy bar? Plenty, good uh, good plenty, and plenty, good and good, plenty. Uh, full of nuts. I don't remember what is it. Called? Not chock full of nuts. There's good and plenty. I think is one. Uh, Brandon, it's plenty full of nuts. Okay, <laughs> trust me. Uh, I no, wish. good and plenty. I don't know. What's uh, I'm not really a big candy bar guy. They, I think it's like trained into my brain that they're unhealthy. But I'll eat like a pound bag of sour patch kids, but then be like, I can't have a Snickers. That's unhealthy. 
Oh, dude, I'll uh, no. I have, I'm the opposite. If I see a new, really? if I see a new Reese's on the shelf, I will snatch that. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's like I, I hate it. But if it's like a mint Reese's, you know what? I'll try it. Who cares? Because like, it's a Reese's. It, I don't care. Good and I, plenty uh, are the are those things that look like little pills that are white and pink. Oh my god! Talk about nasty candy. Nasty those, candy, dude. Those are nasty, nasty, nasty. I, uh, I speaking of nasty candy, I was at the bodega. Brandon, I don't know if you ever heard of bodegas. They're a New York thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, a New York City <laughs> bodega? You mean bodega cat? Earnestly, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Miranda showed me a bodega cat picture last night, and I did laugh and say it was cute. Um, listen, if a cat's at a cash register, I'm going to laugh. I'm sorry. I'm a simple man. I see a cat at a cat register. I will giggle at the picture every time. But I saw a uh, – when I was checking out yesterday, I saw a, an apple pie Kit Kat. Oh. What? Oh, really? Yeah, an Where did apple they get pie that? flavored Kit Kat. Dude, they have some weird candy at our local bodega. I think I'm gonna like maybe I'll do it. Maybe this turns into a candy review podcast. But, uh, <laughs> they they have some weird weird crap going on there. I, okay. I would try that. You would try it? Should Absolutely. I buy one and ship it to you in Needles, California? Yeah, actually? please do. <laughs> um, I just said crap, and it felt worse than like saying the actual curse word that I was trying to prevent myself from saying. Crap. Yeah, crap. Oh. Oh crap! Crap has like an oh golly gee whiz dab gummit big leave, thing. Yeah, big leave it a beaver energy. Oh crap. crap! Like crap's oh, like the worst crap. you could do. And it's like little Ernest Beaver. I don't really know leave it to beaver. <laughs> I don't know what the. Uh, I know leave it a beaver more from like satire and and making fun of leave it a beaver than I do the actual show. I think I've probably seen the show like two times on like sick days on on TV Land. But other than that, I don't know much more about uh, leave it a beaver. <laughs> You know who else said crap three times this week, Brandon? Patrick Corbin. Corbin, oh! our boy. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. I'm, good. I'm intent on making uh, high-quality transitions back to the, the source material every single time, Brandon. Patrick Corbin gave up three home runs to Yankees. Only gave up, I think, four hits total, but four of those hits were three earned runs. So is that good? Is that bad i think it's bad i think it's pretty bad i think it's still bad i mean honestly you got have to change your game plan depending on the stadium right as well that's true yeah and they have that shallow right field the shallow uh, right field yeah so i i think you have to go in especially with a stadium like yankee stadium which has a joke of a right field porch as we know oh oh (laughs) oh are we back in the morning zoo yeah oh oh (laughs) you know who would be a great addition to the morning zoo jay leno mike tyson Oh, yeah, I already forgot that impression, so I'm going to give it to you, Brandon. Hey, hey, you see what's going on with this white field? Hey, you see Patrick Corbin? Patrick Corbin! (laughs) Also, the thing about uh, a lefty versus lefty crime is that, like, Corbin is obviously lefty, and he is going to be pitching to a fair amount of lefties, and they're going to go yard in Yankee Stadium because they're just going to pull it down that right field line, baby. We know what we're talking about. This is a baseball podcast. (laughs) We know how math and physics works and psychology. We're the smartest podcast around. With a roundup, Brandon was able to divide 15 by 45 in his head. So really, tell me who's not in a math podcast now. We're a math pod. We're an academia podcast. Not academics. We're academia. This is a high quality doctoral level content coming from the NL Feast podcast. Um, also, Juan Soto's back. Nats fans, I'm sure you're happy. Give it up for Juan Soto. Give yes. it up for Soto. He, he's he's a potential DeGrom a week uh, nominee, a player that you like rooting oh, for, for sure. who's not on your team. Oh, for sure. And he seems to be uh, – I know they didn't really have to test his, his arm or his shoulder out in right field too much this last week, but it's a good sign that they're confident in the health of his shoulder if they're putting him in a, in a defensive position that would inevitably require some, some, uh, some long, hard throws. Yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, he'll have a great season. I th- 
I think the Nats just have like so many holes still in that lineup that it's just like yeah. that. And and uh, as we've established, Schwarber and Bell are all or nothing guys. You know, they'll get on a hot streak for a week. I don't think Bell's really broken out yet, but Schwarber, you know, had a few games where he Bell was... Bell has not broken out at all, and I was like, oh, Schwarber must have broken out. Every time I hear about Schwarber, he's crushing home runs, including the walk-off against the Marlins. Mm-hmm. He's still hitting, like, sub-200. He's just, when he comes up, he's smashing the shit out of the ball. I almost said the crap out of the ball again. No, that's not happening. We're done with crap. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. So it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, let me check. I'm pulling Schwarber up right now. Schwarber is hitting on uh, on the season 193, <laughs> but his OPS Whoa. is 632. So when he is making contact, he's just barreling the hell out of the ball. Um, yeah, the, the Nats just have so many holes in their lineup. Soto, Turner, and then it's like a whole lot of, I don't know oh, how good they are. You know, it's just a, yeah. it's a lot of question marks and i think they do have the weakest lineup i mean those two are obviously powerhouses but it's like they have the weakest lineup i think in the nl east and they're starting sure. to sort of float towards the bottom of the nl east and i'm kind of speculating that they might stay there especially with strasburg being out i don't know uh how far the marlins want a word brandon the marlins want a word aside they from can... the marlins but <laughs> yeah i know i know we don't have much marlins planned but uh, the Marlins do actually have, since April 22nd, they have a top five uh, bullpen in, in the majors. That That is absolutely the our combined between starting and bullpen ERA and just our bullpen ERA has been a, a very unexpected, happy surprise for the Marlins season so far. Especially because like the dialogue out of Marlins fans in the beginning of the season was, oh no, we're blowing saves. Oh no, what's going on? We were supposed to be investing in the bullpen this offseason and like, What's going on? Anthony Bass is still uh, is still blowing games. Like it's good to see people that I don't even really like. No offense to uh, to Simber, but he's just, <laughs> I just don't like him. Great last name though. Good, great last name. I think he's just too uh, lanky for me. Kind of throws me off. It's like it's like mini Chris Sale, uh, right-handed Chris Sale, mm-hmm. and he just like kind of walks with this unearned swagger when he throws strikes. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a very nice man. I mean, no harm against Simber. Do but, you think if um, he ever became the Marlins' full-time closer, they would have a walk-up song that's like, uh, we're yelling, Simber? Dude, I was just, I was hoping that's where your brain was going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it would have to be me. I'll do the edit, frankly. I'll do the edit. He will never be our, our uh, he will never come in and save opportunities. Um, <laughs> but if he does, listen, we also had a, this is not a Marlins segment, but we had a uh, Jordan Holloway, one of our prospects. You really like, want to get a Marlins segment in there today? I really want a Marlins segment. It's so hard. Um, we had our like a, a prospect of ours, Jordan Holloway, come in as a starter yesterday and just looked bad. I think he's going to be a, a long term bullpen piece unless mm-hmm. he can unless he can turn it around. But he gave up like he had bases loaded, no outs in the first inning, which is not what you like to see. Um, well, all right, Brandon. Well, there. What were you going to say? It's the fuzz. Um, it's I was just going to say. Real quick, though, fun stat for all the analysts. Please, uh, please, please. This is kind of like a, a an arbitrary um, stat, but but uh, or date. Uh, so starting April second, the top bullpen ERAs in the majors are number five, the Nationals, two point six eight. So the Nationals, despite Brad Hand's struggles, wow, holding in there. So so uh, good for them. So maybe you know maybe I'm I'm being a little a little uh, we're being harsh, a little harsh on the Nats. But uh, Indians, two point four seven. Rangers, two point three eight. Marlins, number two in the majors, 2.36. Wow. Mets, number one, 1.71. So strong bullpens aside from the Mets, or aside from the Phillies and Braves in the NL East so far the last few weeks. Which, which I think Phillies and Braves fans would both admit that their bullpen is not a strong point on their team. There are strong points on both of those teams. 
Um, but their bullpen is not hot trash. Also, I'll say it. Hot trash. Weird, hot trash. Weird. Uh, <laughs> weird part about that is there. It's highlighting a lot of teams, and this is again going out of our division. But like uh, the Cleveland baseball team and the Rangers have both been exceeding expectations so far, and it's uh, you got to wonder how much of that is like bullpens exceeding expectations. Like that. That is a boring part of a baseball team, but still an integral aspect of it. When when they're playing well. Hopefully your team's playing well. Yeah, I mean, we saw last year in the shortened season, I mean, the Phillies sunk their team because their bullpen was so atrocious. And it's not looking much better saves. this year, but... Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, also, one last comparison. I wanted to compare Schwarber to Gallo. Gallo and mm. Schwarber kind of reminded me a lot of each other, striking out a lot in, like, the right around the 200 batting average, but then just, like, clobbering the hell. I was looking up Joey Gallo's stats, and, like, three years ago... Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. He had... He was batting, like, 200, but his... Uh, his uh, OPS was in the sixes. Yeah, look at this. Okay, 2018, two, 206 batting average with an 810 OPS. So, I mean, I guess if you're, I guess if every time you hit the ball, it's a home run, then it doesn't matter. It's, it's funny, those guys, I don't know what their walk rates are, but they're kind of like failed prototypical analytics players in the sense that yeah. it's like, oh, we want them to barrel the ball, we want them to get on base. It's like, but they're striking out a ton. It's hard to it's hard to really like quantify their success. I mean, I guess we're quantifying it with their OPS, but like, it's just such a weird, such a weird. Like, where do you put that person in the lineup if they're not getting on base, they're not assisting like any sort of rallies? But also, if they do get on base, yeah. But also, if they're whiffing constantly, it's like you don't want that person up to bat with someone second and third less than two outs. Absolutely, Brandon. uh, We have a new segment that we're gonna we're gonna debut right now. I don't really have a name for it. Do you have any uh, any pitches for our uh, for our new segment? I don't know. What's the new segment? Did I forget something? <laughs> We're going to do fan takes. Fan takes. Oh, fan takes. Is that what it is? Da-da-da, fan takes. <laughs> I'm just now doing a verbal impression of our Eventually, this podcast will just morph into a Buzz-style radio station. And we'll yes. just be playing thrice at like 7 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I hope we could do that. I would love to play Tool or System of a Down. Silverstein. Is it System of the Down? Da- it's System of a Down. Oh my of a God, Down, yeah. Yeah, my, my my middle school brain is attacking me right now. All right, so here we go. In, in case you're not familiar with it because we're debuting the segment right now, I'm already like getting into how I describe every other uh, every other segment. Um, this is my friend, Andrew Bryant, who I'm pretty sure, frankly, doesn't listen to the podcast despite being a Nationals fan and being my friend. Um, uh, I asked him for an update on the Nationals from a fan's perspective, and this is what we got. You ready, Brandon? Yes. So I said, Drew, give me some Nationals updates. Brad Hand sucks. Soto is back and Scherzer is still Scherzer. What am I missing? He said, yeah, Bell is still sucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) And fans are getting annoyed, especially considering how well Ryan Zimmerman is raking whenever he starts. But he's usually only starting against lefties, which makes sense. Schwarber occasionally hits bombs, but is still batting under 200. So some people want Stevenson or especially Hernandez to start over him. Hand had back-to-back bad outings because he couldn't find the zone. Those... Though those are his first two missteps this year. Scherzer still Scherzer. Strauss should be back soon. Fetty and Ross have been very good, if not great, which is better than we expected, to be honest. Lester has been great so far, and Corbin is a ticking time bomb. Turner is an all-star level. Gomes and Harrison are still playing super well. Castro and Robles are met offensively, but acceptable. 
Um, and then I said, thank you. And he said, no problem. So that's our from a fan. <laughs> thank you. No problem. <laughs> you know, we're, we're uh, many things, if not formal, Brandon. So you got to you got to thank the thank you. The, you did call him by his full name when I know you normally call him Drew. You go, Andrew <laughs> Bryant, the third. <laughs> Weirdly, that's how I have him saved in my phone. And like, it's the same way with my friend Nate, who I just do call Nate every 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 time I see him. It says Nathaniel Demura in my mm-hmm. phone for some reason. So. You do have me in your context as brandonial gross i was like that's not my first <laughs> it name does, it does brandon brandon gross brandon eugene stislicky gross <laughs> the real name of another friend um so that's a good segment what should we call that though let's get some brainstorm uh fan da 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 fan takes <laughs> <laughs> fan take uh texting with your pals yeah well, what do my friends have to say <laughs> what, what, like, what do my friends have to say <laughs> all right that's what that'll be it i'm think, not gonna I, do you think I'm not gonna, could, what uh, huh? uh, 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 the fuzz <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna guarantee any sort of uh segment music for this unless maybe a little uh bed music you know something a little under there oh like dude dude that's the andy griffith show i think that's vaguely related to tv land which is vaguely related to leave it to beaver so kind of a callback if you think about it wow pretty good callback i like it uh uh do you think we could get if we did do instead of bed music if we did do a theme music do you think we could get like someone from a buzz like radio station to do it like coheed and cambria to play so uh absolutely yes there's no way coheed and cambria has been doing anything for the last year and a half um, I just remembered uh, a potential guest booking that I wanted to, uh, to look into that is actually related to the topic that I opened the podcast up about being influenced by my favorite wacky uh, morning radio show in West Palm Beach. The, the banana man of the group is a Braves fan. So potentially bring him on to talk Braves and then maybe see how many bananas and Sprite he can eat before he throws up. Wait, was the banana thing a real thing? No, that's I mean, the banana Sprite thing's a real thing. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. It's apparently you can't eat like three bananas uh, and drink like a, a liter of Sprite or something without throwing up. Hold on. I'm looking up the details right now. <laughs> the banana Sprite challenge. What's the banana and Sprite challenge? Banana and Sprite uh, is a traditional folklore and viral Internet challenge. The premise is it's impossible for a person to eat a banana and drink a Sprite without vomiting. So it's sort of wait, a banana. One banana? That's what it says. That says a banana. This Whoa. is like cinnamon challenge adjacent. Or it's like that Mentos Coke thing, you know, where like it explodes or something. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, oh, like the Diet Coke thing. I, I, I probably haven't told you this story, but my first job ever, I was a busboy at a restaurant and I was 15, maybe mm-hmm. 16. I think I was 15 going on 16 because I remember getting my driver's license while I worked there um, and was uh, uh, got bullied by the back of house who were like a bunch of like stone 24 year olds that I didn't realize they were stoned at the time, but in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense. And they just truly conned me into doing the cinnamon challenge before it was a viral sensation on the internet. And they just like handed me a spoonful of cinnamon or like, I bet you can't eat it. And I was like, I want to fit in. I bet I can. And took a, took a big bite of it and just, you know, blew it right out. Just dried up uh, my entire mouth and I spewed it all over them. So it kind of backfired. <laughs> Moral of the story. Don't do any time. It says a challenge. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
that's oh my god that's great advice if there's any if there's a challenge at the end of it stay as far away as possible don't do the ice bucket challenge because you're gonna no look dumb <laughs> <laughs> we don't care where the money's going we're not trying to look dumb okay? well eventually people didn't care what, I'm, I'll, I'll go in the hole it's okay this is a 10 year news story rant. We want All we're going to say is eventually people weren't and they were just doing it because everyone else was doing it and it was social media peer pressure, which is probably a psychology study that we could look into. Listen, I'm very clearly a psychology student at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon's like, only support Coney 2012. That's the only thing I support. <laughs> hey, th- th- that, was, that was deep. That was, I don't hey, even know what that was, was for. <laughs> we made a difference. Brandon, we are to our new favorite segment that does have an intro music now. Degrama the week. Degrama the week. Is that and, it? Yes, that's it. Degrama the week. Okay. Uh, we're impersonating a, a, an intro that neither of us have heard yet, but by including it in here, now I have to make it. I don't have a choice. This is my job for the rest of the afternoon now. We just wrote the, the melody of it. We did. That was the melody I had. I'm already going to go from a, for you music heads out there, a G to a C and just go to Grama the week. Cause I made a very, uh, a very, nah, 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 nah. yeah. Like dad, Rocky kind of like borderline millennial, uh, dad rock music intro for our podcast. And now we're stuck with that. So, so dad rock millennial music is that vampire weekend. What is that? No, I guess. Yeah, I guess now it kind of is, but that, I was thinking more like, uh, like, a, I guess I'm thinking more arena Rocky, like uh, millennial arena rock. Mumford and Sons. No, like, oh my god, you're making me realize that I have no true definition for. Well, what would you define our intro music as? I think it's like it's uh, like pop punk, sort of. It's a little. Which you think is... it was pop? I thought it was more like a, almost like if Dropkick Murphys didn't play ska music <laughs> or, or not ska music, Irish music or whatever. It is. It does sound like Tessie by them. Yeah, Tessie. Tessie. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it, maybe it's sort of like Strokes era garage rock, early two thousands, wow. right? Truly, the nicest thing Brandon has ever said to me that my my shitty intro music I made for the <laughs> podcast could even be in the same realm as a band. Well, listen, song. I mean, it, it's like a guy in like a garage in Decatur, Illinois, doing a, a Strokes song. <laughs> oh my God, Brandon! Sorry, what? we have to reverse our intro. I we blew a segment that's not even coming up. What did we blow? Sorry, we didn't talk about the Phillies Braves series. Oh, yeah. Well, we can do Degrama of the Week and then go okay, back. Okay, all right. right. We'll do Degrama of the Week. It transitions. Dropped it again. You got to drop it a second time. Brandon, uh, you want to just say our Degrama of the Week? Yes. Uh, how do you say his first name? You can take this out. Uh, just say Eno. Okay. Okay. Eno. <laughs> Sam's you know that's, favorite that's what pitcher. Yes, my favorite Braves pitcher by far. Also weird that I became atta- uh, attached to like a successful rival to the Marlins. But you know what? This podcast will do weird things to you, Brandon. What am I going to say? It'll rot your brain. It'll rot your brain. Anoa has had an insane start to the season. In the last seven starts, he has a 2.23 ERA with a sub one whip with a .89 walks hits per innings pitched. Uh, and on top of that, he hit a grand slam last week, uh, which I think we talked about. Oh my god! Which I think we talked about on the on the episode last week because it happened while we were recording. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he, I mean, with Max Freed out for a little bit, I think he just came back. Stroke out for God knows how long at this point. Yeah, that's sad. he's really stepped up majorly for the Braves. The, and Ian Anderson also being a little shaky, but he's really stepped up 
majorly for the Braves. I thought Ian Anderson was being shaky too, and then I was reading Braves fans' comments and, and blogs, and they seemed to be like, Ian Anderson should have been winning the NL Rookie of the Year last month. And I was like, what are you? Well, I know he, I'm a biased Marlins fan, but like, what the hell are you talking no, about? He definitely had some blow-ups earlier in the yeah, season. Yeah, he but... definitely didn't look great. Like, he's good. He's definitely good. He's like a, a, su- a surprise starting last season, I guess, because he had some good playoff outings. But um, but I don't. he's not NL Rookie of the Year. Get out of here! Get out of here! We're really turning into the morning zoo. <laughs> no, it's, it's only a matter of time, Brandon. We're going to start recording at like 5 in the morning every day now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's looked great. He's hitting a 400 average with a 1.267 OPS, two home runs on the season so far. Like, I mean, it's no Degrom, Otani level. But it's it's no Degrom. Degrom hasn't even gotten yard once. Brandon, sorry, this is the uh, Noah of the week now. Yeah, but I'm more about a contact hitter. You know, what I mean, he's more of a contact oh, right. hitter. Yeah, you're more of like a old school baseball. I squared up the ball. Uh, he squared it up. <laughs> but no, I mean, a, a huge addition to the Brave staff, which was kind of looking a little. A little shaky, especially with those injuries, like I said. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when Soroka comes back and hopefully he's full form and Freed's back now, I could see the Braves going on a little run. And I know they had that interesting, uh, sure. that very interesting Phillies-Braves series um, in that 12-inning that game, uh, game. Did you see that game? Oh, yeah, dude. Nice transition. That's Listen, we're both professionals at this point, Brandon. We're seven episodes in. We got this down to a science. Yeah, great game on Saturday. Potentially game of the year. If you don't know what happened in the ninth inning. If you don't in know Sam, what happened. If you, oh, my God, yes. Oh, we have to come up with another segment where we use a note, like uh, what what you need to Enoa. Like what you know what I'm saying? We got to come up with a second. Segment yeah, I know. I know what time. you mean. I think it's a work we'll in progress. We'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. <laughs> we'll talk about but it. if you didn't, if you didn't watch the game on Saturday, uh, like I said, potential game of the year, Phillies and Braves going blow for blow the entire time. The bottom of the ninth, uh, Pablo Sandoval hit a two-run homer to tie the game. Tie the game. Two yeah. outs. Two outs. Bottom of the two ninth. Two strikes I mean, on him. Two strikes on him. That's classic baseball uh, drama right there, Brandon. That's the stuff you love to see. Yeah, the Braves have these exciting players too. I mean. Pablo's had. We talked about it last week. I think he was uh, uh, he was my feast last week. But he, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he I think he's hit four pinch hit home runs now. Like honestly, just That's a great insane. addition. It's fun to watch him. And the Braves had these guys like Enoa and him and uh, Adrianza, who who had a big oh, yeah. game in that same that same game. Pache made some great defensive plays this last week too. Yeah, Braves have some exciting players. I like watching the Braves. But yeah, that that game. I think in the twelfth. So I I turned on the game because I saw it was tied. Uh, after the Sandoval home run, and then in the uh, uh, there was some some nifty defensive plays, and then I think in the twelfth the the Phillies just like totally rallied um, off Webb. I think it was in the Braves. Yeah, that sounds right. And, and I sh- also re- re- real quick, I hate to interrupt the, the wonderful recap you're doing. I just want to give a shout out to a former Marlin that didn't give up runs in extra innings, Brandon Kinsler for the Phillies. So Phillies bullpen not great, but Brandon Kinsler. Still doing his job. You love to see it. Shout out to a fellow Brandon. We're crushing it between <laughs> Nimmo and Kinsler and me. We're doing and great. And you, yeah, going to Needles, California. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, then the, the Phillies scored three runs. Uh, they're oh yeah, they had that one play. I totally forgot about that. Where uh, it was bases. Did you see this? We're doing. Mm. We're doing Leno Tyson. Did you see this? <laughs> you um, see this? I think it was bases loaded, no outs. Uh, who was it? Someone grounded it to the pitcher, which I believe was Webb, and Webb okay. uh, threw it wide, scoring two runs instead oh, of turning a double play. Yes, yes, and yes, that yes, sort yes. of started the Phillies rally, and they were up three runs. I was like, all right, I'm out. The Phillies are going to win. 
calling uh, it. You can't watch the Phillies win, please. You're a uh, you're a um, what's what was I going to say? You're a good Mets fan. I'm Jeez. a good Mets fan. What I is the I matter with my brain? All right. I can't I can't watch the Phillies win. And uh, then the freaking Braves came back against that crap Phillies bullpen. I know three runs in the bottom of the twelfth to walk it off, like uh, a bases clearing double to do it too. And the Phillies Swanson, had a winning streak too. Blansby Blonswin coming in, celebrating hot as he was rounding third, scoring home. You love to see it. Dibsley Fiddler, yeah. Flibsley Flonswin, Fangsky Homskin. I, we all are. T- we were talking about the same guy, Brandon. I think we just can't get his name right. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a really exciting series. I know. Last week we determined that the Mets. Phillies was the rival, best rivalry in in a, yeah. uh, the division right now. But after that Braves-Phillies game, Brandon, there might be uh, some Braves-Phillies talk. You know what's funny? I think it's just the Phillies bullpen so bad that they make every game close. <laughs> so it just <laughs> oh, looks like a rivalry. So that's so mean, Brandon. The Phillies fans are going to be coming for your throw. They you hate me. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got one joke I want to fit in here. Uh, it would be the clickbait article. It would be like, Phillies fans hate this one guy so much, and here's why. <laughs> a picture, of, <laughs> a picture of you being like, ooh. <laughs> Number one, he's Jewish. We're like, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Anti-Semitic. They keep batteries thing. at you, Brandon. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, – I think the Phillies, man, I, when they won that, I was like, crap, the Phillies are like, they're on a run. I think that would have been their sixth straight win, mm-hmm. I believe, if they won mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, they Braves kind of put the kibosh, so I wonder if it's going to set the Braves up for a little run here, especially with Freed back. And you have maybe, to wonder. And maybe the Phillies will start falling off their mantle. Um, I I didn't realize that the Marlins, I thought the Marlins for sure, I didn't even look at the standings last few days, but the Marlins had fallen to last place, but the Nationals are in last place. Phillies are only a game behind the Mets, and the Braves are one and a half games behind, so the slog of the NL East continues, Brandon. The slog continues. It does seem like the Nationals and Marlins may be getting a little distance. Maybe they're hanging a little further back. Dude, I know I know. we're not talking Marlins today. It's not on the rundown, but if we don't take the, the, the series from the Diamondbacks, which would require winning today and tomorrow, we go against the Dodgers, who are very cold right now, but like will still probably kick the piss out of us. Kick the piss out of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it could be I was very very worried looking at your we'll talk about the upcoming series but there's a, a very good chance that next week I'm even more depressed about the Marlins season than I am now hey don't get don't don't get downtrodden on me don't you do this it's don't May. get melancholic Brandon it's May we got a lot of podcasts to record I need the Marlins to at least be exciting if they're not winning games <laughs> hey something to look forward to not not to not to uh, you know just make you feel better Good bullpen, good starting pitching. The Marlins also have uh, uh, top ten in, in uh, starting rotation ERA as Which well. Which is insane so. because we've had three starters for a month. I don't know how. I really, really, really exactly. Don't know how so, and then when Sixto comes back, yes, let's we'll see. Talk about, let's see what happens. Here's a little tease, as we call it in the morning radio show business. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, we'll be talking about that in the future of this very podcast. So. Looking forward to talking injuries, but Brandon, I think that Phillies Brave series was phenomenal. Makes you makes you excited whenever the NL East teams go at it, um, and it's exciting for me because it means one of the NL East, NL East teams is losing and getting closer to the Marlins. <laughs> they're getting closer. Ooh, look, they're getting Ooh. closer to the Marlins. We're hanging down here in the basement, but come on, Brandon. This is where we would have done Degrom of the Week segment, but now we're going on to our sixty second stories. If you're not familiar with this segment, Brandon, it is where one of us tells a unrelated to the NLE story that lasts sixty seconds. If you go over your cutoff, sorry, those are the rules. Brandon, do you have a good story for us this week? I was thinking about this when I was brushing my teeth this morning, and I do. It is yes. related to baseball, so I'm gonna start it. 
please. Ready? All right, you are you ready? ready? One, two, ready, go. So I was thinking about, uh, as I said, I used to go to a decent amount of Marlins games since I lived in Florida, normally when the Mets were playing. Um, this was early. I must have been like 10 or something. And the okay. Mets were in town at, at the old pro player, Joe Robbie, Landshark, uh, Hollywood <laughs> Casino. You got to be nice, Brandon. You uh, have to be nice. Stadium. I think those are four. I named four of them. I think, the, right? Yeah, uh, wasn't Mar- yeah, wasn't it like yeah, Margaritaville yeah. Stadium at some point? <laughs> Landshark was definitely there. I think that's the Jimmy Buffett adjacent name that you're thinking of. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. So uh, at that stadium, uh, Mets were in town. Bobby Valentine, the Mets' famous manager during the 2000-1999 run, who's currently running for mayor of Stamford, Connecticut, by the way. Classic, classic. He was the manager. Um, I was big into getting autographs. My mom saw him on the field. She had a ball in her hand, and she thought he looked at her to be like, throw me the ball. So my mom <laughs> tossed the ball <laughs> to him, oh, and he reacted spidey sense, like, ah! and he caught it, and he goes, <laughs> don't throw balls. <laughs> and then he signed it and handed it to me. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, cutting you off. That's the 60 seconds. But, Brandon, I got to be honest with you. First off, great story. I Thank love you. a good Spidey Sense story. Thank Anything uh, Spider-Man adjacent I'm into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you to start and hadn't pulled up a 60-second timer and didn't start a 60-second timer. <laughs> you or realized yes. I, had it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, What's bad, the psychology uh, behind you lying to me? <laughs> yes. Bad co-host by me. And I was uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't have a good excuse, Brandon, but I will have a 60-second timer for myself. Yeah, here. you would. Selfish. You know me, you Brandon. Would. I'm trying to think. What's a good story I should tell on this week's uh, on this week's podcast? Because I just oh, I know. I'll tell one. That, listen, we're both talking about what happened today. I'll start mine. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go, Brandon. As you know, big MLB the Show fan. Been playing a lot of MLB the Show 2021. It's come out. They've had a lot of server issues. It seems like those are hopefully starting to die down a little bit. So the quality of the game that we're playing is improving. This morning, I thought, what's what's a better way to get excited for a baseball podcast than to play a little baseball game in the mornings? And I was matched up uh, against a guy who had a 19 and 10 record, which is very good. Um, was playing at a, a Shippet Stadium, which is notorious for uh, being a high elevation stadium, which means a lot more home runs. And his name, Poo Poo Fart Fart. <laughs> Poo-poo fart, fart. I went up against the poo-poo fart fart. I had my boy Sixto Sanchez starting on the mound. Um, And surprisingly, Brandon, I hit a home run with Kenny Lofton. Opened with a triple with Kenny Lofton. Hit a hit a single with a or a sacrifice fly with this Byron Buxton card that came out that was really good. And um, approaching the end of my time, so I just got to tell you, Brandon, I made the boy rage quit, and it felt so so good to see poo-poo fart fart running out the door. If there's one thing we want as gamers, we want poo poo fart fart to go down. <laughs> I was like, oh, how did I play myself? Also, uh, poo poo fart fart just sounds like somebody that has uh, or will in the future review the podcast and make us say that name on <laughs> on our air. <laughs> I love it. I love poo poo fart fart. Uh, is it too late to tell you that I'm poo poo fart fart? Oh, oh my God! Wow, what a what a development. Also. Um, Brandon, do you love it? Every week I come in wildly unprepared for a segment that I made and suggested and have put on the rundown every single time. I just never have good stories. I got to just hit Max up more to, to have him give me more ideas as to what I should be talking about on the podcast. I think you should just replace yourself with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he would be better than me. All right, we're moving on, Brandon. It's feast or famine. This is where Brandon and I talk about two things that happened in this week that we're high on, uh, one that we're low on. We each do a feast or a famine. Brandon, please give me your feast right now. All right. My feast is Matt Harvey's return to City Field. I'm excited for it. Ooh, I think it'll be great. First time pitching against the Mets since uh, they traded in Cincinnati. He's now with Baltimore. 
Uh, excited to see him, and I hope, I hope, I hope that the Mets give him a warm ovation because he deserves it. I mean, he was great for the Mets. Obviously, there was some press issues, ring a bell. Mm-hmm. There were some media issues when he was here. Um, he may have been kind of a D-bag, but you know what? I think he's grown a lot. I think he's learning to pitch now with, with uh, less velocity after his thoracic outlet um, surgery. Excited for Matt Harvey to return on Wednesday to City Field. Should be fun. Will will uh, will Mets fans throw batteries at him like the Phillies fans threw at Santa Claus? Will that happen? Well, he's not Jewish, and the Mets fans aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's a two solid points there, Brandon. No, that's fun. That's exciting. Uh, when is that? Maybe I'll stop by him. I'm really Maybe itching to go see a baseball game. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop <laughs> by. Maybe by. I'll swing by. I'll be in the area. Like it's you know a local party. <laughs> I'm in in Queens regularly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I am itching to go to a baseball game though, either City Field or Yankee Stadium here in the future. Now that I've been double vaxxed, double so vaxxed, uh, <laughs> the fuzz, fuzz. double. And then my oh, what's your what's your feast? That's how we do this. What's your my, feast? yes? My feast is I. This was supposed to be the only time we talked about the Marlins on this podcast, mm-hmm. but as I do, I can't go. Uh, I can't go a full forty five minutes without talking about the Marlins. Um, it seems like the Marlins injury woes are. A big knock on wood energy. Wow, this feels like a jinx now that I'm I'm hearing myself say it. Um, but it seems like the Marlins injuries uh, are slowly starting uh, to dissipate, and that we're seeing some players return. Jazz Chisholm, favorite of the pod, is going to do a Triple A stint here this week. Jorge Alfaro, not favorite of the pod, but still would be a, a, a open welcome with open arms in Marlins land, doing a Triple A stint. We got some updates that Elysia Hernandez should be coming by in the next week or two. <laughs> He's stopping by in the next week or two as well. Um, Sixto is almost certainly coming back in June. And surprisingly, I think I read a report by Craig Mish that uh, Starling Marte may be coming back sooner than expected as, as soon as June too, which will be desperately needed. I know I've talked about how the injuries have plagued the Marlins. It really seems like it's plagued every MLB team this season. Um, so it's not really an excuse, but um, yeah, I, I, I am getting nervous that if this season starts to get out of hand and injuries being a big part of that, that we could see uh, one of our outfielders be uh, shipped off at the trade deadline, either Starling Marte or Corey Dickerson, if he can, if he can stay consistent um, and bringing in one of JJ Blade. Jesus Sanchez has been lighting up AAA for us. I hope not. Uh, I hope he, I'm honestly selfishly hoping that he stops lighting up AAA so that uh, when Miranda and I go see the jumbo shrimp in a couple weeks that, that he's still hitting for him. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, it's, it's a weird time as a Marlins fan right now. So I'm trying to remain optimistic and, and enjoy jazz when he comes back. I think you, you have to be optimistic in general because the Marlins seem like they're on the cusp of, of probably making a good run for the next few years because they have the core starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as a few of their bats come around, like you said, you have Sanchez and Blade, and hopefully they, they can, you know, come to fruition when they come up. I think, you know, if the Marlins can also hang around a little longer, a it little seems bit. like, you know, the Mets have had hot streaks, Philadelphia have had hot streaks, but no one's really clicked yet. If the Marlins can hang around. We'll see. Maybe they can make a wild card run in the second half. I wouldn't be totally, uh, you know, down on the Marlins quite yet. I am. At this point, I am just desperately hoping that they hit the over on the $50 bet that I made in the preseason. That's oh, this is I, all about you, huh? <laughs> this is all about the $50 profit I could be making. And, Brandon, don't worry. I'll reinvest it in the pod. You Don't lie to me again. I know you have a gambling <laughs> problem. <laughs> I'm putting it back on the Marlins. Yeah, I'm going to take all of my winnings and put it on a, like a, a one-inning one, one inning 
it, parlay. For... It's the movie Uncut Gems, but it's just you betting small amounts on the Marlins. <laughs> yeah, instead of me going to, uh, oh, God, what's, I always forget his name, but he, he cracks me up so much. What's that New York sports media? Mike uh, Francesa? Oh, Craig Carter. Mike Francesa. Oh, Mike yeah. Francesa was, uh, was the bookie for Adam Sandler. Yeah, that that's right. He was. <laughs> and so it's just me just like sweating profusely being like, all right, Francesa, write this down. The Marlins? Dude, I saw <laughs> the Marlins? The Marlins. Oh, okay. I saw a hysterical clip of Francesa a couple weeks ago that was like some guy calling him and be like, hey, Francesa, how you feeling? Hey, Mike, how you feeling about uh about the passing of Stan Lee? And he's like, who's Stan Lee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a comic book guy? I don't care. And hangs up on the guy just not even. I'm 70 ounce. years old. I don't even know about <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Watching him get upset is truly one of the highlights of my uh Highlights of uh, my Twitter uh, Twitter exploration. God, that was a hard sentence for me to get out. Um, all right, Brandon. Give me, you, know, you can't judge it. I admitted it to being it difficult. <laughs> You're not allowed to judge it. Brandon, tell me about your famine for this week. Uh, my famine. I'm being a little bit of a homer this week, but my fam- I'm talking mats. But my famine is along with Degrom being on the 10 day IL. He'll be okay. He'll be fine. Everyone, calm He'll be down. okay. He'll be we fine. didn't even talk about that. I just realized he'll be fine. Uh, along with that, but we already talked about this. But the sports media. Especially in New York. Holy shit. Everyone, calm down. <laughs> calm down, okay? Chill it was out. A rat. It was a raccoon. You guys need to chill out, okay? I know <laughs> I know you need the story. I know you need the clicks. You need it. You want it. It's making you guys fiends. That's so I, funny, listen, media, I love you. I think a lot of the, the people on the Mets beat, beat uh, on the Mets beat are very good, very talented, very funny, smart writers. However, it's like... Please come on the show. <laughs> Please come on the show. We like you a lot. It's fine. But calm down. All right? I, it just It's just a distraction. It eventually becomes – it's funny at first, and then it just becomes, like, a frustrating nightmare and just, like, starting drama for no reason. I know it's New York, and I know that's how it always is, but it's just annoying. It's distracting, especially when a team trying to put, like, their bad media uh, past behind them. So Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Brandon. That's got to be tough. I uh, I wish there was any media in, in Marlins land that I could get mad at. But for the most part, it is people that I follow on Twitter. And there's one. I'm not okay. I was going to start to put one person specifically on blast. But that seems like a bad idea. It's it's mainly because he is like anti Lewis Brinson, and I'm I I love Sweet Lou. I know he's like not lived up to expectations, but like what a difficult uh, situation to be thrown into, getting traded yeah. for Christian Yelich, and then having to come over and and. Uh, and try to meet those expectations. That's really difficult. And and he had a, a great game the other day. I, I love Sweet Lou. Never going to – he could truly just be in minor league baseball for the rest of his career and I'll still support him. But um, my famine of the week, I know I didn't write it down on the rundown, Brandon, so this is a bit of a surprise. We kind of touched on it already, but it's Josh Bell, dude. What a what a disappointing signing for the Nationals so far. What do you think Josh Bell's batting average is on the season? 147. Okay. All right. Did you cheat? It's 141. That's really? pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty close, Brandon. I got to give it to you. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm um, yeah. a pretty good uh, baseball watcher. Uh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> uh, he's hit only three home runs on the season. Uh, that's what you expected the Nationals to bring him over for. It sounds like Drew, as he said earlier, they want some Ryan Zimmerman up in the mix. They're tired of seeing Josh Bell over at first base. He's not contributing uh, defensively, especially well. And he's got 11 hits on the season, and he's been up to bat 78 times. Only uh, only six walks, like not getting on base at a high rate either. His OBP is only 209. His OPS, which is the on-base uh, percentage plus slugging percentage. I know we've said that a couple times, but also maybe want to remind the folks at home what does all these acronyms mean. 
um, is 517. And my kind of marker for a good OPS is around 800. If you're hit, if you're hitting that mark, you're doing pretty well. And he is not hitting that mark at all. So disappointing signing for the Nationals. Um, and I don't think you and I ever want to see anybody do bad. So we, we hope you turn it around. Turn it around. Josh. Yeah, we like Josh Bell. I, I think he'll turn around. I think he'll probably start hitting some dongs. Might be like a Schwarber type deal with both of them. Yeah. But I believe in you, Josh Bell. We believe. We believe. All right, Brandon. This is our uh, our upcoming series segment. Let's kind of take a preview as to what's going on in the National League East for the next week. Take it away. All right, so the Phillies are playing the Nationals and the Blue Jays. So we'll see a little Phillies Nationals, see if the Nationals are going to be buried by the Phillies. We'll see how that buried. series goes. Uh, then after the Phillies Nationals are playing the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are making their way throughout the NL East right now. Uh, Marlins are currently playing the Diamondbacks, unfortunately missing out on that Gallon Jazz battle. And then, as Sam said, the Marlins are playing the Dodgers. So we'll see. May the Not Dodgers confident. take hold. We'll see what happens. Not uh, confident. The Braves are playing the Blue Jays. The fun young Blue Jays team. The Braves are then playing the Brewers of the law firm Woodruff and Burns. Yes, not my joke, but we'll take credit for it. Uh, and then the Mets are playing the Orioles, as we said, Matt Harvey. And then they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays. That'll now be that's, fun. I'm excited yeah. for that. They're playing down there at, at the uh, the Outback Shed in Tampa. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that'll do it for, uh, for our upcoming series. Uh, Brandon, what is the series that you're looking forward to the most? I, I want to see this Braves-Blue Jays series in addition to the Braves-Brewers series. And I'm excited to see the Braves coming off the uh, the Phillies series, see if they can then put a, few, a little run together. like watching the Braves, uh, see how Max Freed does. Yeah, Braves are fun. Uh, it does seem like the Braves are in an exciting game, whether it's like an absolute offensive slog by the opposing team or they're, they're keeping it close. The Braves inevitably find themselves in some exciting matchups. So that makes sense. I'm excited to see the Mets versus the Rays. Just seems to be like... The polar, at least this iteration of the Mets this season, the polar opposite of each other where we got like big contracts on one side, a lot of like uh, high expectations coming into the season versus a race race team that um, always does race stuff, staying alive, making um, making things happen, which you love to see. I have a lot of race fans in my life and I have a lot of uh, Mets fans in my life. So I'm excited to see them inevitably kill each other when that happens. Got to bring them together for the games this weekend. Let them watch some stuff. Um and yeah, I don't know. It's weird whenever anybody plays the trop uh, or whatever the, the shed in and St. Pete that they <laughs> the play. dump, the dump. So oh, I'm being uh, mean. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sure I'll. I guess we do actually have race fans that listen. I'm sorry, so, uh, guys. Oh, we're so sorry. We're race so sorry. Fans. Your stadium's gross. Oh, you guys have a you field a great team for the last ten years, and you still don't get a nice stadium for them. We're so sorry. <laughs> there you go. Was, we're positive yeah. on the team. Yeah, we're positive on the team. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, Brandon. I think that'll be. Uh, we have a, a good week of baseball as long as the Marlins don't get the absolute piss kicked out of them by the Dodgers. <laughs> the piss was kicked. <laughs> the piss was kicked. Also, the Do- I'm really just, I mean, obviously, eh, I was going to say if the Dodgers are good, it's good for baseball. That just kind of pains me to say out loud. But um, I'm going to hope that the Dodgers continue to be bad for at least this week. I want to see Trevor Bauer complain more. He's oh, been complaining, dude, a, which is great. Oh, I want the Marlins to kick the kick the kick piss, the piss. As Trevor Bauer. That'd be a lot of fun. Because Brandon and I are undecided on Trevor Bauer. Every moment we're like, oh, once we decide we officially don't like him, he'll say something, and I'm like, all right, I guess, I guess yeah. that's a good take, and then he'll just bring it right He's back really like an garbage. abusive boyfriend to us. Not physically abusive, just like... <laughs> Mentally like manipulative. Yeah, yeah, he's like <laughs> gaslighting us all the time. He's yeah. like, babe, I wasn't out with the boys. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Trevor. 
Okay, Trevor. Um, and Brandon, that brings us to uh, what is either a very exciting or very disappointing segment on the podcast, our very last segment we always do, which is our podcast reviews. And Brandon, I got some bad news. But no. No podcast reviews again. We need to go back to just uh, weekly harassment of our of our friends and family in order to, uh, for us to have anything to read on this segment in the future. I have a replacement segment we can do really quickly. So oh, please, I please. thought about this. So I saw my roommate's girlfriend on her license plate. Her car's from Carl Malone Toyota. And my car <laughs> my car dealer is actually Russell Westbrook, Jeep Chrysler Dodge. Yeah, I know. Russ has a has like a has a yeah. dealership over in uh, Van Nuys. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I go to sometimes. And and uh I know baseball players like Mike Piazza has his own in Pennsylvania. He has his own car okay. dealership. So we love that. My question for you is what player currently in the NL East do you think will have a car dealership once they retire? Oh my or god. Or not or not retire. I Russell Westbrook still playing. So yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's kind of weird because Russ is not. I know you're not a big basketball guy, but Russ is not the kind of guy that I would expect to have a car dealership. Yeah, Um, I just I guess because I'm imagining somebody who physically resembles a used car dealer as like the the person that's a car dealership, and Russ is just like so full of like uh he's like a great fashion icon and just full of and confidence that just not the kind of person that I would expect on a car dealership. Um, Kyle Schwarber's face sell like screams I sell used cars to me. Um, to be completely honest, yeah. uh, let, me, let me think about this one a little bit more too. Brandon Nimmo or, or not Brandon Nimmo. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeff McNeil. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't say that he had a rat face and that's why Lindor got confused as, as to why I was a rat or a raccoon in the locker room. But he does have like the Matilda, like sleazy dad look, uh, like he just looks like he's not a, I'm sure he's a great, nice guy, but he yeah. just has the, based on like mouth and nose alone. Just okay. Has, like, so a, if you're going with McNeil or Schwarber, what, uh, type of car do you think they're putting their name on? So, so Schwarber sells Hummers in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They are no longer relevant, but they're big and badass, And he loves that. Schwarber Hummer. Yeah. Yes. And I think McNeil sells like a 1994 Dodge. <laughs> It's used in like oh, it's a like used a, car sale. Okay, it's so. a used car dealership, um, or like a 2001 Toyota Camry that's barely holding yeah. on. Um, something along those lines. That's my guess. What about you? You got an answer for this? Ryan Zimmerman. Easy. Oh, that's <laughs> a great like, one. You said Schwarber. I was like Schwarber's good too. Ryan Zimmerman. I think Ryan Zimmerman probably probably Dodge Ram truck. Oh, for sure. Also, Zimmerman's a great answer because uh, he would do it in D.C. and it would be he's like such an established part of the city at this point that yeah. like, he would be welcome with open arms. If I do in Virginia, where he's from, same general area. Yeah, so, yeah. Great answer. Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Dodge Jeep Ram truck of Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> I'm going to go all the way down to Virginia to buy a Dodge Ram to uh, park for $900 a, a month in the New York City uh, <laughs> metropolitan area. Brandon, that's an end of our podcast wonderful job my friend you did a great, great job. job to you please i i forgot to look at to see what time we started but uh i know we've I'm been on general... for eight hours <laughs> oh my god uh we've been vamping a whole lot brandon but uh i think that brings me to my final question brandon any last things you want to touch on hey congratulations on your new job thank you thank you and congratulations on the upcoming filming of your pilot i know we, we didn't go too uh behind behind the scenes on that to our audience but uh brandon, next week i'll be in needles and i'll tell you all about that weird hills of eyes town i can't wait to hear so. about it hey brandon wonderful work and i'll see you soon bye bye, bye.